Thank you, Jesus. Well, there's such a richness of his presence in this place. I don't know about you, but I'm believing for God for big things this morning. I'm believing God to do miracles in this place. These aren't just songs that we've sung. I don't want to preach a word, give a motivational talk. I'm believing for there to be power and demonstration to those words this morning. Come on, how many believe we serve a supernatural God? Come on, I'll say that again. How many believe we serve a supernatural God? Come on, if you believe it, I want you to give God one more big shout of praise. Come on, let's go. We lift your heart. Great to have you here. Have a high five, 10 people, before you grab a seat. 10 people. The Italians have arrived. Woo-hoo. How many had a good night last night? What a way to start a conference. It's just going to build on, on that. Well, if you got your Bible, let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, let's go there. John chapter 4, reading from verse 46, it says, As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he turned the water into wine. There was a government official nearby Capernaum, whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. Verse 48, Jesus asks, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The officials pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, go back home. Somebody say, go back home. Go back home. Your son will live. Don't get too excited about that. And listen to this. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him and the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better. And they replied, yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever, his fever, what? His fever suddenly disappeared. How many know God wants to do some suddenlies in our time together? What? His fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. He and his entire household believed in Jesus. Right now, how many have family members who don't know Jesus? Lift up your hand if you have family members who don't know Jesus. Look around the room. Well, I'm declaring a suddenly over their life this morning. 
Because this miracle not only brought a miracle for a little boy, but it brought a miracle for a household. And I believe households are gonna get saved in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. Well, on May the 22nd at a team night in our church, we declared 52 days of breakthrough. 52 days of breakthrough. It came from the book of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah was able to accomplish in 52 days what previous generations hadn't been able to accomplish in 70 years. Nehemiah is a type of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing what you can do with the Holy Spirit that religion can't do? I wanna declare, this is not a religious gathering this morning. This is a Holy Spirit-empowered environment where God wants to move upon your life and He wants to bring breakthrough in Jesus' name. You know, I really believe God's gonna crack the hard cases. How many are right now got some hard cases that you wanna see God do something amazing in? Come on, He wants to crack those hard cases. How many know nothing is too difficult for God? But it's according to our faith, God works. And I quickly just wanna go through three levels of faith. I love what 1 John chapter 5, verse four it says. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. It's, come on, let's all shout this out. It's, come on, what overcomes the world right now? It's our faith, faith. Faith can move mountains. Faith can cause you to walk on water. How many wanna be water walkers this morning? That type of faith where you can walk on water, where you can walk on top of other things, things that other people would sink in. Where other people sink, you stand on top of in Jesus' name. How many want that level of faith? Come on, that's the faith that's needed if we're to see miracles. I just quickly wanna give you this morning three levels of faith. Number one, there's a searching, seeking-based faith. There's a searching, there's a seeking-based faith. This nobleman, this royal official, he was a man of means. You know, he had resources, I'm sure he had many contacts. But obviously the physicians, the people in his world couldn't deliver his son. That's why he went on a search. He heard that Jesus was in Cana of Galilee. He was in Capernaum. Now you've got to understand the distance between Cana and Capernaum is, is something like 24 miles. That's a long distance. A marathon is 26.2 miles. Now none of us, have, well not many of us should I say have ever run a marathon. But here this man was so desperate. He went and sought Jesus out and he walked 24 miles. And not only 24 miles, he walked 25 miles and, and the terrain is uphill. See, I've found if you wanna find God, there's some things that only can be discovered uphill. You gotta be prepared to walk uphill. And faith is the belief that the destiny outweighs the price of the journey. See, God has something for you today. If you just seek after Him, the Bible says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be. Come on, it will be open. Now ask and it will be given. Many people don't find simply because they don't seek. 
How many ever uh, got a brochure before, you know, looked at the brochure and thought, man, there'll be a real nice place to go? You, know, you go online, you book your holiday. You know, in fact, I remember my brothers and sisters growing up, they booked a holiday to Fiji. None of us had really been overseas before. And my older siblings, they booked this holiday over Fiji. And I thought, man, that would be so good to go on. I was a little bit jealous of them. They went on this holiday and, and afterwards they came back with photos. And, and the photos looked nothing like the brochure that they had received beforehand. You know, the, the, the photos on the brochure were, were of nice beaches and, and people out on, on you know, stand-up boards and, and different things like that. But when they got there, all they saw was mud flaps. Mud flaps, it was just mud flaps all around. You know, the tide had gone out and so often in life, we don't go on a journey simply because we've been disappointed before uh, that, that the brochure hasn't lived up to reality. But I wanna declare today that when you seek after God, you will find Him in a way that you could never imagine. It won't just match the brochure, it will be better than the brochure. See, I found the mysteries of heaven are always uphill. You need to climb a mountain to get the answer you need. You need to search out God. See, I found the hardest part of following God is to recognize and find Jesus in every situation and circumstance. Isn't it interesting as you read the Gospels that the disciples who were with Jesus day in, day out, at times didn't even recognize Jesus. When Jesus came in the middle of a storm walking on the water, they all freaked out and they thought it was a ghost. They didn't even see Jesus in that storm. You know, after the resurrection, you know, he comes to a group of disciples who are on the road to Emmaus. And again, you know, they were talking with them, they ate with them, but they still didn't recognize him. You know, I found sometimes Jesus shows up in our life in different forms. But what religion does is it locates Jesus in just one form and one package. But God wants, us to, God wants to give us eyes so that we can recognize Jesus, so that we can see Jesus in every situation. See, Proverbs chapter 25, verse two, it says it's God's privilege to conceal things. It's His privilege to sometimes cover things over. But listen to this, and it's a king's privilege to discover them. It's our privilege to unwrap them, to find them. Proverbs 15 verse 24 says, the path of life leads, where does it lead? It leads upwards for the right, wise. And they leave the grave behind. See, I found the mysteries of heaven, the treasures of heaven, are never discovered on the cheap. You know, they're not gonna be delivered to your door. They're not gonna be couriered to you. Uh, they're not like Uber Eats. Yeah, Domino's or ASOS or Amazon. Now it takes a group of people who are prepared to climb. I pray at Shout Conference. That we're not here just to be entertained, to have something delivered to us. I pray in this place, we've got a group of God seekers who are prepared to go uphill, who are prepared to push past their feelings, who are prepared to get a little bit puffed. <sighs> walking uphill so that they can find the answer that they're looking for. 
Uh, Jesus said this in John chapter six, verse 28. He said, the disciples came to him with a question and they said to him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? They've seen the miracles Jesus was performing and they're saying, what, what do we need to do to work the works of God? How many wanna work the works of God? How many really wanna see God move in and through their life? Yeah, listen to this. It says, and Jesus answered and said to them, the work of God, this is the work of God, that you believe in Him who He sent. So, so what's our work? Turn to your neighbor and say, what's your work? What's your work? Your work is, get this, is to believe in Jesus. That's our work as believers. That the greatest fight that you and I ever fight against is doubt. You know, we've got to fight, as Paul said to Timothy, the good fight of faith. We've got to fight for our right to party. Come on, we've got to fight. It's a fight, and this fight is for our faith. And if we could believe, then we'd release the work of God. I, I can't imagine in the story a, a worse crisis for a parent. But, but I've found crisis ha have a way of bringing us to Jesus. I've found at the end of myself is the beginning of God. At the end of my limitations, that's where God starts. See, the problem with many people when they get into a crisis is they, they, they interpret God's character through their crisis. Uh, they, they, they look at their crisis and they think, God has been mean, God's judging, where are you, God? And they interpret God's character through their crisis. We need to interpret our circumstance through God's character because God will never fail. Come on, God's Word never fails. Come on, if you believe that this morning, let's give God a clap of praise. His Word never fails. See, if you're gonna go through a storm, you have gotta find Jesus in that storm. And the challenge is to recognize Jesus in the storm. You, you might be in the fire, but as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you need to discover Jesus in that fire. See, I found sometimes God doesn't deliver us from things. Just like He didn't deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire, He delivered them in the fire. He didn't deliver Daniel from the lion's den. He delivered Daniel in the lion's den. You might be in a storm right now. You may be going through some stuff right now, but I wanna declare to you today that Jesus is right beside you, but you're gonna have to have eyes of faith to search Him out, to seek Him out, to find Him. You know, you gotta find peace in the storm. Sometimes we're asking God to get rid of the storm, but He wants us to give us peace in the storm. He is the answer you need. Quickly just slap three or four people around you and say, He is the answer you need. He is the answer you need. See, what you gotta understand is you will, as a believer, 
forfeit more of your potential than the enemy can steal from you. Uh, Let me say that again. You will forfeit more of your potential than the enemy can steal from you. And it's simply because you won't believe. What faith is, is faith is a rewarding search. There's a reward for the search. That's why in Hebrews 11 verse six it says, it's impossible to please God without, come on, without, I need you to wake up this morning. Come on, it's impossible to please God without, without faith. Without faith, it goes on, for, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who, what, who diligently seek him. Uh, we're gonna go to God. Come on, if we wanna see revival in our nation, if we wanna see God break out, it's gonna take a people who are prepared to get on their knees and seek out God. See, many people want God answers, but they're not prepared to search Him out, to go after Him. See, I see, I found sometimes God will bless you with the discipline of delay. He will bless you with the discipline of delay, and He'll do it so He can teach you to trust Him. Uh, you don't believe me? That's what he did with the Israelites. If we we read Deuteronomy chapter eight, it says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character, to find out whether you would obey his commands, to, to see whether you respond in faith. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry and feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. Listen to this. He did it to teach you. Why did He do it? He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, see right now, I'm believing for our Auckland City location. I'm believing for a building. It's gonna happen. It's been prophetically declared. There's a witness in my spirit. There's a witness among many people. It's gonna happen. The grass withers, the flower falls, but God's word stands forever in Jesus' name. It's going to happen. I believe God wants to do it. I believe God can do it. I believe it's not too hard for God. No, but but here's the deal. Uh, Am I gonna throw my toys out of the cot and doubt God when he doesn't answer me in the way I think he should? And in the time, he should. See, see after, one thing I've discovered about faith is faith has an even if spirit. An even if spirit. It's the spirit Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had when they were in the fire. You know, before they were put in the fire, you know, Nebuchadnezzar said, this is what I'm gonna do. And they replied to Nebuchadnezzar, they said, well, hey, we believe God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not gonna bow down. See, you know where there's genuine faith. When when you can say, hey, I know God's gonna do it, but even if he doesn't do it on my schedule and in the way I think he should, 
I'm not going to bow down. See, some of you here right now, you're looking for that someone special. You're looking for that life partner. In fact, for so many people here, that's the reason why you started coming to church. I'm believing God. Yeah, and why you're seeking and searching after God. You know, it's like, yeah. But when there's a delay, you go, oh, maybe I need to look elsewhere. See, so often in life, the thing we're believing for can be more important than the person we're believing in. And our faith, if, not careful, if we're not careful, can be actually idolatry. Where we say, hey, God, I'll believe you, but if you don't, I'm gonna do it another way. See, faith is trusting in the person of Jesus and it's searching them out and finding them out in the hard times. So often we ask, why? Well, God, why didn't you fix it? God, why, why haven't you set things right? Why did I have to go through that agony? Why didn't you just snap your fingers and make it all go away? But what I've found with hard times, listen to this, hard times detox us from our dependence on our feelings and our emotions. They detox us from living from what we can see with our natural eye. See, see, hard times, what they do is they cause you to depend on the Word of God. Because that's how the miracle is gonna happen. It's not gonna be by our own doing. It's not gonna be by who we know. It's only His Word that can deliver us. See, I, I really believe in this place, some of us need to go through a spiritual detox. Some of us have been living on spiritual sugar for too long. And we need a, a detox. So our dependency is not on our environment, but it's on the Word of God. Come on, how many believe that? Come on, if we're gonna live as people of faith, we need to seek Him out. Second level of faith is a presence-based faith. First level is a searching, seeking-based faith. Second level is a presence-based faith. Come on, how many wanna go to a new level of faith? You know, isn't it interesting? When this guy shows up, sees Jesus, uh, yeah, he implores him to come back to Capernaum to heal his son. And Jesus almost puts him off. He doesn't even respond to him. After he implores him, this is what Jesus said. He says, will you believe in me? Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Yeah, how, how many know signs are helpful? Uh, we learned that this morning, especially when it comes to bathrooms. You can find yourself in the wrong place if you don't know how to read signs. Yeah, here's the thing, we've got many people from out of Auckland. You're relying a lot on signs, aren't you? You're looking for signs, signs are helpful. But when it comes to faith, signs are no good. When it comes to faith, signs aren't helpful. Because we can get caught up in the sign and miss what the sign is pointing to. Here's what I found. Signs don't satisfy doubt. 
I'll say that again. Some of you right now are looking for a sign, but that won't satisfy your doubt because the unbelief in your heart will doubt the sign. And you'll need a bigger sign. And you go, oh, that was just a coincidence. Did that really happen? I don't know about that. I'm unsure about that. Some of you right now are looking for signs, but I wanna declare, signs won't satisfy the doubt and the unbelief in your hearts. You know, you just need a bigger sign. In fact, through John, there's seven miracles, seven signs, and these signs were written by John to point to the character of Jesus. In John chapter 20, we see this. It says, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written. This is why the book of John's written. But these are written so that you may continue. Somebody say continue. That you may continue to believe. That, that you just don't believe in a moment when you're surrounded by other believers in an environment like this, that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you will have life by the power of His name. Now, now what's the purpose of a sign? Well, here we see the purpose of a sign is to help us believe in Jesus. Now, now here, how, how many here believe Jesus is the Son of God? Uh, come on, you can have a verbal response as well. Come on, how many believe Jesus is the Son of God? How, how many believe that He died and rose again? How many believe that He conquers sin and death once and for all? So why are you looking for a sign? Uh, why are you looking for a sign? Oh, oh I, I need a sign that God has a purpose for my life. Well, here's a sign. You're not dead. You're not dead. If the truth be told, many of us, oh, I need a sign, I need a sign. <laughs> the cross, the death, the resurrection is all we need. Oh, I need a sign to see whether I take this job or not. You know, buy this house. I need a sign to see if she's the one. Do you know too many people camp at signs anyway? You know, when you go into a new city, you often find a welcome sign at the edge of that city, but it's not the city. In fact, you know, geographically, Dunedin's one of the biggest cities in New Zealand. And the sign's miles away from any sign of life. Miles away. You know, we could go, oh, here's a sign, and we pitch our tent at the sign, and we came in, we think, this is Dunedin. Man, there's not much to Dunedin. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. We camp at signs without realizing that signs are just there to point us to Jesus. See, God wants to do something new in your life, but you gotta keep walking forward. You know, so many people are camping on the outskirts. You know, we're waiting for a sign, but I found God won't steer a parked car. When the car goes, God steer me, he goes, get moving, get moving. As I've often said, so often we say, God, you show and then I'll go. You go, show and I'll go. And he goes, go and then I'll show. 
And we says, no, 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 show, and then I'll go. And we have this argument with God back and forth. We're going, show, and I'll go. And, and God say, no, go. And then I'll show. And we go back and forth all the time to a point where God says, hey, no go, no show. That's why many people right now are blind. Because they're not prepared to move off the revelation that God's already given them. See, there's a difference between wanting a sign on the way to give you comfort that you're going on the right direction. How many like those signs? Oh, yeah, I'm in the right direction. But, but there's a difference between that and looking for a sign to get started. Too many people right now are looking for a sign to get started. I found God in His grace will give us signs to say, hey, you're doing well, keep going. He'll bring guys along, give us a prophetic word saying, hey man, God's please keep moving forward. Come on, I wanna say as Equippers Church, you know, we're taking territory for the kingdom of God. I wanna say, come on, let's keep moving forward. Come on, we can be encouraged what's happening here in New Zealand and what's around the world. Come on, keep moving forward. Come on, somebody say that. Keep moving forward. We're gonna keep moving forward. How do you know whether God's in something or not? You know, some things we just gotta assume. Here's the thing. Here's how I process something. If it benefits only me, it's probably me. But if it benefits others and might bring about glory to God, I assume it's God. That's a good way to think. You know, how many know if you get an encouraging thought in your mind, there's only three places it can come from? Three places. You know, first, the devil. Well, we know it's not the devil because he doesn't want to encourage us. Then the other place it could come from is you. And we know it doesn't come from you because you're too selfish. So, so the only other option is God. But how often do we dismiss an encouraging word to encourage somebody else? Because we think, oh, it, it might be me. It might be just me. No, that's God. In fact, what prophecy is, is encouragement. And it's a learner gift. And if you'll learn to hear God for somebody else, He will tune your ear so that you can get direction for yourself. But He'll test you in what's another man's. He'll put encouragement for another person in you and say, are you gonna listen to that? Are you gonna do something about that? You know, it's often we don't realise, you know, as believers, New Testament believers, signs follow those who believe. They, they, what, they, they follow, Mark 16, 17, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons, they'll speak new tongues, they'll take serpents and they'll drink any deadly, they'll drink anything deadly and it by no means will hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Here's the deal, as a New Testament believer, signs follow you, they're not ahead of you. Come on, signs follow those who what? Believe, believe. And what Jesus was doing in the story is he was rebuking a faith that rested on external evidence. I love Isaiah, Isaiah 30 verse 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you. Uh, where's the word? It's behind you saying this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or whenever you turn to the left. 
I, I love the spirit of this nobleman because he wasn't deterred by, by the words of Jesus. It's almost like Jesus is trying to put him off. In fact, the first miracle that Jesus did in Cana, he didn't really wanna do. But it was Mary, his mother, that extracted it from him. You know, Mary came to him with a need and he replies to his mother. He says, woman, what does this have to do with me? How many would say that to their mum? You know, it's like, hey, yeah, can you clean your room? Woman, what does this have to do with me? You know, he, he goes on and he says, my time hasn't yet come. You know, again, you know, asked to do some chores around the house. You know, and as a kid go, oh, oh, my time hasn't yet come. I know a lot of teenagers say that right now. Just wait, just wait, just wait. My, my time hasn't yet come. Again, it was almost like Jesus is trying to put off Mary. But Mary goes to the servants and says, hey, just do whatever he tells you to do. And I love Mary because she was able to take what was reserved for tomorrow and she was able to bring it into her today because she had faith. See, when you have faith in the person of Jesus, not just in the miracles of Jesus, you can bring things that are reserved for the future into your today. Third level of faith, and then we're gonna finish this up, is a word-based faith. First level is a seeking, searching-based faith. Second level is a present faith. A third level is a word-based faith. It goes on, the nobleman. He came to Jesus because he believed Jesus could heal his son. But he believed that Jesus would need to come to Capernaum to heal his son. He was asking him, come. But Jesus asked him to go one step further. He, he, he wanted the nobleman to believe that his words could heal his son. In fact, if you want a title for this message today, is, the title is, I'm on my way home. Because I, I like what Jesus said. He said, go back home, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. You know, the question in my head would be, well, what if I get all the way home? Again, it's a marathon and my son's still sick, and he hasn't recovered. You know, some of us, we do want more of a guarantee, Jesus, come on. You know, the journey's downhill. You know, come on, just come. It's just a marathon. God. But Jesus said, no. I wanna take your faith to a new level. I want you to believe that my word can heal your son. And the Bible says the man believed. How many know it was a long way to come and get no answer? It's a long way to go back home and still have no answer. You know, I love a story. I once heard of a lady who had terminal cancer. Every altar call that there was, she was on getting prayed for. Somebody once said to her, why are you responding on every altar call? She says, I'm still believing in faith. God's given me a promise. And she said, I'd rather die in faith than live in doubt. I'd rather die 
believing and trusting in Jesus than live crippled by faith. I love this man because he believed. And God right now is looking for a generation of people who dares to believe without sensible evidence. Where your circumstances and your situations are contrary and it makes no rational sense to believe. You say, I'm gonna believe anyway. Some of us right now, yeah, we know what it is to search Jesus out, to find Him and for faith, to be released in His presence. But what about when you just have to go back home with the Word? With the Word in your heart. See, Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent His Word out and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. He sent His Word out. This morning, in these final few moments, I want us to send God's Word out. Come on, if you've got family members who are away from Jesus, we're gonna send the Word out. And wherever they are, we're gonna believe that the presence and the power of Jesus is gonna touch their life, that there's gonna be a turnaround in Jesus' Name. Come on, are there any believers in this place? Some of you say, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, if Jesus was with me and I had a conversation with them, with Jesus alongside me, they would believe then. But Jesus is saying, hey, hey, no. You just need a word. You just need a word. See, see the moment Jesus sent the word, there was a suddenly, the same hour, 1 p.m. in the afternoon, when Jesus declared that Word 24 miles away, that Word traveled through the spiritual airways and hit that sun. And that sun in that moment got better. See, with some of you right now, you're waiting for Jesus to come to you. But I wanna declare, you've got a Word in your heart. The Word's not far from you, it's in you, it's in your mouth. And if we could believe that Word, speak that Word, declare that Word, decree that Word, that will travel through the spiritual airways and it will hit its mark. Some of us have got impossible situations. Right now, and we're struggling to believe whether God could change it. but God wants to take us to a new level of faith. See, see, when you're searching out God, there's a spark. If it's a presence-based faith, you've got a bit of a flame. But when people move to a word-based faith, where they walk without seeing, they don't walk by what they see, they walk by faith. What happens is a conflagration, which is a cool word simply means there's a firestorm. And when a firestorm happens, that firestorm generates its own wind and it becomes unstoppable. So many of us are, are being too easily stopped. We've been stopped in our searching or, you know, we've, we've doubted whether Jesus is with us. But I believe He wants to graduate us today to just believe God's spoken it, it will come to pass. 
See, I believe we need to go even beyond prophecy. I love the prophetic. It speaks to our future. It speaks to our destiny. And when you receive a prophetic word, it's God saying, hey, if you can come into agreement with that word, I'll bring it to pass. But you've got to come into agreement with it. You can get a prophetic word and you can go, oh, well, I'll wait and see what happens. And you'll just be left waiting and see. But you'll never see the fulfillment of it. You've got to come into agreement with that word in your spirit. That's the power of prophecy. But there's another level where we go beyond prophecy and we just start decreeing. We start decreeing. Realizing that God's Word in our mouth is just as powerful as it is in His mouth. You know, if we go to Esther chapter 8, it says, you yourselves, listen to this, write a decree concerning the Jews as you please and in the King's name and seal it with the King's signet ring. For whatever is written in the King's name and sealed with the King's signet ring, no one can revoke. I really believe some of us need to write a decree. God's saying, hey, you write the decree. I'll sign it. I'll sign it with my signet ring. You have the belief in your heart, I'll back it. I'll back it. If you believe in me, you put your trust in me, I'll back it 100%. If you write it, come on, some of us need to get more excited about this. Come on, things can change. We're on our way home. The miracles already happen. The moment you speak it, the moment you release it, something shifts and changes. And Job chapter 22, 28, it says, you will declare a thing. You will declare a thing. What's a thing? In the original, you will declare a promise and it will be established for you. It will. You, you declare it. You decree it. You release the Word of God into that situation, it will change. Come on, how many people here right now have got some things that need to change? As I said, I don't wanna just preach a Word. I'm believing for power and demonstration this morning. Come on, I'm really believing. I, I know I'm pushing against some things right now. I want you to push past your tiredness. I want you to engage your spirit right now because the church needs to go to a new level of faith. We need to start decreeing over nations. We need to start decreeing over nations and saying, devil, get your hand off that nation. That nation will no longer be robbed by, 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 by secular spirits. That, that nation will no longer be robbed by humanism. That nation is born for kingdom purpose. Come on, we need to decree it over nations like Germany. Got a whole lot of Germans in the room. Do you know that there's 7,000 communities in Germany that don't have a significant church? 7,000. We need a decree over that nation in our lifetime. We're gonna see the raising up of a generation of people who are armed and dangerous. Men and women of faith to see a harvest in the nation. Come, we need a decree over the Philippines. We need a decree over the Pacific Islands. Yeah, there's a base of faith there, but the sad thing is it's based in religion. Come on, we need an authentic faith to rise in that nation. We need to break every religious spirit in Jesus' Name. And we need to see a move of God. Come on, we need to speak to nations right now. Come on, we need to speak to our community. 
and say, devil, you are not going to defy us any longer. Come on, we need to speak to the, the giants in our world, the glass in our world and say, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? Who are you to defy the armies of the living God? You come to me with a sword and a javelin. Come on, but we're armed. Come on, you're armed this morning with the Word of God. Come on, how many believe that? Come on, I want faith to rise in your spirit. I'm not just here to motivate something. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to get the Word of God on the inside of you. You've got to let it well up against you and say, I'm not going to let impossibility define me any longer. Well, I'm going to invade that impossible space. Come on, we're going to see this nation saved. We're going to see a breaking out of the Spirit of God. We're going to see church possible situation maybe it's a family member and I want to go after households households brothers sisters sons daughters cousins away from God some of them right now messed up messing up the uh, devil's got in and he's messing up their lives we need to decree something today and I believe as we do it the word of God's going to go out some of you right now, you got diagnosis. They don't look good in the natural. Now people have even spoken things over, over lives and it's almost like the spirit of death has come in. But we need to speak and declare the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Come on, anybody got faith in this room? I said, this isn't a conference, it's a movement. And we're a movement of people. Just for 30 seconds or so, when you say, God, I seek you, because I want God's presence to come fill this place right now. Come on, we need His presence, come on. I want you to hunger, don't wait for a band, don't wait for anything, come on, I want you to get your heart and just go, God, I need you. At the end of yourself is the beginning of God. I wonder whether we just humble ourselves right now. Say, God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I desire you. Come, come, come. Come on, we're going to sing the song.
you know, this next level of faith is beyond external evidence. Some of you right now are waiting to feel something, but we just need to step into it. Step into it. Cast aside our emotions, our feelings, our doubt. Come on, my faith beyond what it feels like. In the natural, it's just so hard to see my family members say, but come on right now, I really believe God wants to release faith. Come on, seeds of faith right now are being deposited. How about just lifting your hands right now if you've got an impossible situation that you want God's Word to go out. He sent His Word. He sent His Word. He sent His Word. Right now, through your mouth, I want you to send the Word of God into that impossibility. Come on, I want you to open your mouth. Some of you are gonna feel a little bit awkward, but come on, I want you to begin to declare that which isn't as though it is in Jesus' name. Come on, I want you to declare. Come on, pastors, leaders, you should be leading the way in this. You should be leading the way. Come on, I want you to declare. Come on, send it. Come on, send it. Come on, send it. Speak it out. You've got to speak it out. You can't just believe it in your heart. You don't move mountains that way. You gotta speak it out. You gotta speak it out. Come on, speak it out. It's traveling right now. Come on, it's traveling. The word of God will not return void. It's not gonna return void. It's gonna accomplish everything. Come on, speak it out.
turn to your neighbor and say, I'm on my way home. You gotta get this, you gotta get this. It was the next day the nobleman arrived back home. How many of you got a word like that? You'd wanna get home straight away. But he was so confident in the word of God, he was able to rest overnight and go home. You gotta be confident, it's done. Come on, we're not just praying about something. Hoping we're gonna get an answer, we've got the answer. Come on, you're healed. You're free. Your family members saved. Come on, buildings are being released. Come on, we have the victory in Jesus' name. Come on, if you've got it, you've got a peace in your spirit. You've got a peace in your heart. It's happened. It's done. It's finished in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, it's done. sent forth. Boom. Suddenly, done. Done, done, done. Come on, it's done. It's done. It's done. You've got to get it. It's done. I'm not doubting. I'm not questioning. It's done. It's finished. In Jesus' name. Some of us are still getting it. I'm just, I'm going on until we all get it. It's done. Come on, it's done. Shout it, amen. 